I did have money on Lamar Odom dying. Uh-huh. I had at least five dollars. <laughs> at least five dollars on Lamar Odom's death. Ten dollar air. Oh, dude. What is this, was... trading places? It's like, all right, I bet everybody's life for five bucks. It's yes, it's serious. Like... Yeah, no, on Lamar Odom, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Hey, how are you doing? Welcome to the Trees Falling in the Woods podcast with myself, Rob Santos, and... Jeff Deldona. And... Uh, Rich. Rich. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, see, Rich. <laughs> I thought you listened <laughs> to the show, Rich. I did Rich. listen to it, but I wanted to break the uh, standard. Okay, sorry. Okay. Rob, go ahead. Start fucking, again. Fucking the game up, son. <laughs> nah, we got my man Rich here in the house, man. Welcome to Rob Studios, man. We've been waiting for about a good, what, 20, 30 minutes for somebody because they want to eat at the bitch. I have yeah. to, yeah, I have to eat something. I gotta get some energy. Oh, I'm gonna that, keep up with you two. Dude, but you. Dude, I didn't. You, you barely even had any food. I had the four for four deal, which is kind of a miracle, by the way. What's a four for four? Deal? You get um, a junior bacon cheeseburger, a small fry that doesn't seem that small. You get the four piece chicken nugget, and you get a drink that's a pretty decent size, all for four dollars, Rob, at Wendy's. The only miracle is that you're still alive after eating that. Yeah, thing. that's that's yeah, probably the case. I don't know how much longer I have, so shit. let's let's get this going. We should that's... have a paramedic on duty just in case. I know. On site. You never know. That does. That's fucking awful. No, I know, but I'm living that poor life, so... I feel sick just hearing that. No, but uh, recap, Lamar Odom is alive. He lost five bucks? He must not have eaten my Wendy's. No, No, what happened was he, uh, though, he, what did he do, what did he do, what did he do, what did he do? Now he's up, he's texting... So oh, know, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure, sign of life. Yeah, so he says, making a steady improvement, doing good Saturday days after, after he was laying face down in the brothel <laughs> with his dick hard. <laughs> well, Rob, we're all sorry for you. No, listen, yeah. no, I, listen, I would love to have done that, man. Just face down, dick hard. Who does that shit? Mm. <laughs> no, we, uh, but no, it's uh, good to have Rich on because, you know, he's been wanting to come on. Actually, Joanna Raposa is supposed to come on. She Actually, she wanted to see if she can do it together. It's like, yo, then she wanted to turn this whole thing into a gangbang. Oh, uh, I, right. like, I don't I don't, <laughs> no. I don't know. If we, yeah, we'd probably get in trouble if we did that. I don't think she has the dexterity to do it anymore. No. no. I don't. <laughs> well, wow. You think I'm old? She's even older than me. I, I, unfortunately, I don't know who this person is. Oh, I know her. Yeah, no, Joanna's cool. She's an older person. Yeah. Wow, you know. good thing you're telling everybody that. Yeah, so she's cool. On, on, on the internet. Oh, on the internet. Yeah, on, <laughs> on the internet. I'm... Just for the record, Joanna, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I do too. I never met you, and I uh, you know uh, hear good things. I guess. Uh, no, that's cool. <laughs> that's no, she's really gonna cool. come on sometime soon before Rob Studios um, shuts down in a little bit. So, you know, because as you guys know, I'm out. But no, it's good to have. Actually, we're having a pretty decent conversation. A good conversation off the air about like about your travels, man. Because like he picked up on something I mentioned to him about last time about you know like how I mentioned that his. And as you guys can probably hear in the background, you're gonna you hear my daughter Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn's <laughs> in the house. Yeah. Right. She's, She's supposed to be taking a nap, but... You don't have to ask where Brooklyn is. <laughs> yeah, no, she is in her room yeah. on her iPad. Um, just, like, she's with her second dad, the iPad. And, uh, <laughs> so, no... Steve um, Jobs is her second dad. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't a good father. he fun. left her a fortune. Yeah, you know. Will he even admit that that's his kid? <laughs> no, man. Well, not anymore. Nope. He doesn't really have the ability. He can Ooh. still do it. Yeah, could no, he? But anyways, through listen. Siri, maybe. Yeah. All right, let's get cool. Now it's getting kind of weird. Well, we were talking about. He mentioned like um, about like I told him about his confidence level, about how interesting I thought it was, and um, you know more so than anything else. Like you know, people can be subjective as far as like what they think about comedic content. You know, anything is anything is subjective. I mean, like the other night. I did a shitty ass show over it. Um, actually, I want to say it was a shitty show because I want to. Because the guy that runs it, he's a good guy. I, this guy, he's one of those dudes that I respect a lot. And I told him like, man, if even if you were doing a show in a parking lot, I'd be there to you know to be down with yeah. you and everything. But um, you know, it's one of those shows where you, you it's like it tests your soul. Yes. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. It's like you're testing your soul. You're testing limitations of how far you think you can go. Was Rich there with you? No, Rich wasn't no. there. Actually, Rich knows the venue. It's this place called Sports Rock in um, Waterbury. In Waterbury. Oh, well, that's your first fucking. Yeah, exactly, dude. I mean, exactly, right? And there was it built in from a, like a uh, what was it? It's it's like on the side of a um, bowling alley. A bowling alley. Bowling, yeah. yeah. And my man Kareem Blue did his thing, man. He was a, he's a beast when it comes to hosting. He's like one of the better hosts in Connecticut, in my opinion. Um, and then you got. David Lozano is a young up and coming guy as well who's easy to um, close it out. I was just tired. I wanted to leave. So <laughs> I just switched out. I swapped. I was like, yo, I'll, I'll middle. 
Uh, let me <laughs> your whole set was like, I'm on stage, ah, 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 I ain't here no more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> Actually, I was experimenting with this idea about um, X videos and shit. Like, um, X videos about how like I jerk off so much that I know the ads on the side of the screen. <laughs> you yeah. know? Well, what like, do you think I jerk off to? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but seriously. Oh, yeah. That is like a monster bitch that's getting fucked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm looking at the monster chick on X videos. So okay. I stopped looking at the actual video and start looking at the ads because <laughs> they're more appealing now because I jerk yeah. off so much. And like, but no, like it was there. Like we were talking about that. Like it tests your soul. And then like last night, I did a spot over in uh, Stafford Springs. Okay. And uh, just so you go in there, man, and it's like it's just to see a white people. And right. Is it the I palace? Mean, no, well, okay. no, it's Stafford Springs. No, no, I didn't do. No, I was. At, it was at a. Um, Honestly, it was like a, uh, it was like an Elks Club, yeah. like a white Elks Club, and so I go in there had like a Is stage. There such a thing beyond outside of a white yeah. Elks Club? Uh, no, because the Elks Clubs I know are the ones that's in New Britain, and that one's predominantly black. Oh, see, I, okay. <laughs> yeah. I learned something new. Yeah, today. so when like, I hear about an all white show in Stafford Springs. I did a benefit for Mormons. At the Palace Theater. Doesn't get any really? more white than yeah. that. <laughs> See, we have a theater out there. I didn't know they had a theater there. Yeah, it's a great really? place. I saw, actually, I saw the singer of The Runaways there. Mm-hmm. And I, so I knew about it, and then I found out about the show, so I got on the show. But I didn't realize until I got there, like, oh, boy, by the way, all the comics need to be clean. This is a benefit for Mormons. And oh. everybody freaked out. Like, what am I going to talk about? Let's just say the show was over in about 10 minutes with 18 comedians. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, man. I, no, this one was pretty fun because I went in there, like, with that same expectation. Expectation. So it was me, it was me, Kenny Williams. I performed I, with him. He's a great guy. Oh yeah, he's he got he's dirty too, which is crazy. Yeah. He's like he's a he's like so chill, laid back, but he's dirty as hell. Jeff is fucking hilarious. <laughs> and it was um, Mike Briskin and um, uh, Philip Anthony. Actually, he Philip Anthony was the guy who ran the show. But the funny thing was, like he told me about the show, and it was like, all right, I got this show going on at this place, but what's it for? Don't worry, don't worry about it. I'm like. What? And so I'm driving to Stafford Springs. He finally tells me the date. I mean, like the location, like a couple of days before the show. And I'm driving along, and I'm driving this like weird place. Like, yo, is this dude about to whack me? Because when you go to Stafford Springs, it's like you get off the highway, and then you're going off like this small, small ass roads, mm-hmm. and it's like it's dark. You got to put your high beams on. Deer can run by because yeah. you're all by, you're by stores and all that shit. So it's like it was crazy, but when we finally got there, I was like, oh shit, okay, cool. And then like I said, it was just white people, right? Mm-hmm. And then. Went in there and just slayed it, man. Uh, like, I had fun, man. I, I could never really say that I killed it, but that night was a great fucking night. Last night, and there was one drunk there that one that was, like, heckling. But it was, like, nice. He was a nice heckler. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just wanted to be, like, all my hecklers are very, very they nice people. They just want to be a part of the whole yeah. thing. Exactly. Sure. That's what it is. And he was a very, very sweet heckler. heckler. Yeah. He's actually burying his brother today, so I really wish that, uh, his name is Brian. So I really wish him and his family the best, man, because, like, he, um, he was going through a lot. You can tell he was hurt, too, but he yeah. just had a good time and enjoyed himself. And I made, his, uh, I made his night special, and the comics made his night special, so it was great, man. You know who has the nicest hecklers? New Hampshire. New Hampshire? No, I did a show there. First time ever there. I walked in. I hear these drunk girls at the back. As soon as I go, you're hot. You're hot. It's like, you can heckle me all night. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow. I said, I've never been heckled like this before. Yeah, let's go in the back. You can heckle me. Yeah. Well, that was after the show. I, yeah. I, I, I did a quick set that, set that night and even quicker afterwards. Not yeah, was like, okay. Mine was 30 seconds long. Too. No, that's, no, no, listen, listen. And, you know, and this is the thing. You see, because I've been trying to convince Jeff to... um to like to do stand up and uh he's been uh you know so it's I tell you it's it's one of those things man it's like you never fucking know man you never yeah, know man. dude you know what you just have to get up and do it don't even think about it and the first one just always had that mentality you know what they didn't like me tonight I have another show tomorrow just keep don't even think about what happened in the past just keep looking forward and eventually it'll all come together and then next show it's all gonna fall apart again <laughs> yeah oh, so it's dude. just you yeah. never we, we, Rob and I were talking about yeah. this before it's like yeah. you can have four straight shows on top of the world four straight shows that are great top of the world next show bam you're right. back in the bottom again right cause I was telling them cause we were talking man we're having this good conversation about like you know, because I mentioned, like, you know, his confidence level is something that intrigued me. Remember, I mentioned to you before. Mm. And, you know, like, for me, what makes it special is just the fact that, you know, you, you basically go in there like you own the fucking place. Mm. And what it does is, man, it gives you an opportunity for people to see it. It's like, oh, shit, you know, you, I, you, you see something in that. And whether your material is something that I like or don't like, it doesn't fucking matter. The only thing that matters is the fact that you're actually getting up right. there and doing it and that people can see you being confident. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, when I first saw the claw picture that you have, I was like, this motherfucker calls himself the claw? I was like, I didn't know 
know that. <laughs> so, like, I was like, when did that fucking happen? You know, and because I've been, I'm sort of like not I'm in Connecticut comedy as much yeah. as I thought, as I used to be, you know. Yeah. But I mean, it's like when I mentioned that, and it's just like, it's all subjective, man. It's all fucking subjective. It doesn't fucking matter, man. That's, right. what, that's the cool thing about it. And no, I have people that love me and I have people that hate me. I, I, you know what? To me, I think the worst would be apathy. I would rather have people extremely love me or extremely hate me, but somebody goes, uh, how was that guy? How was Rich? Uh, which one was that? I don't even remember what he was saying. I want to like, at least make an impression on people, and I think that's what I'm doing. Yeah, because we were talking about he, we met Jeff Ross. Oh, yes. I was at Zany. I was visiting friends in Tennessee, <clears throat> Nashville, Tennessee. There's a huge club there called Zany's, <clears throat> and so we said, let's see Jeff Ross. I said, all right. We went down there, and Jeff Ross was on stage. He said, you know what? A lot of people know me as the Roastmaster General, so I want to try something different. I'm going to bring people up on stage and roast them. He wasn't even halfway done with that sentence. I was already up on stage. <laughs> so there was about 20 of us. No mm. exaggeration. So you could tell. I mean, I have cerebral palsy, cerebral palsy mm. and that's why they call me the claw. A lot of my act is about that. And so um, I could tell he's looking at my hand, looking at me, trying to think of something. So he goes, what do you do? I said, uh, manager by day, comedian by night. And then I hear people in the audience Give him the mic. Give him the mic. <laughs> so I said, ah, that's my big break. So he started making jokes. So it looks like you already had your big break. Starts making fun of my hand. <laughs> oh my God. So he said, you know what? If you have something funny to say, I'll get back to you. So he roasts everybody else on stage. He comes yeah. back with the cordless mic and said, here you go. So I got to do a couple of jokes. I had standing ovation. People were screaming and yelling. So afterwards, he was on stage talking to um, the audience. He said, you know what? My friend's playing down the street. He's in a band. You should check it out. So we said, all right, let's check it out. When I walked into that club, the band stopped playing, pointed at me and said, hey, not only is this a great guy, he's a hilarious comedian. They brought me up on stage. I started doing jokes there. Jeff Ross happened to walk in again. Jeez. So I got <laughs> He starts thanking me. He goes, right. I want to really thank you for doing that. I said, what do you mean? That was like one of the best comedic moments I'll have probably for a long, long time. <laughs> I said, so I want to thank you. And so he was so down to earth, so gracious, so nice. And. That it was yeah. it was just a great like what I was telling Rob. That's incredible. A lot of comedy yeah. is being at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Pretty much, man. And that's the thing. Like that's having this expectation of what you think another person is based mm -hmm. off their appearance or based off what you think about them. Mm -hmm. That none of that fucking matters, you know. And mm -hmm. like sort of going and diving into that and going into about making sacrifices for things and like what's most important. Like I was talking about what's important to me is about putting my family first and then comedy second and how that's changed my life. Mm -hmm. Brooklyn, why are you jumping on your bed? <laughs> and then you know that type that of thing. family and comedy <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. 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 in one moment you just proved your point right there <laughs> yeah, right. Right. it was about the family it became comedy <laughs> sort of like uh, what do you call it modern family yeah modern family but yeah just you know you find out what, what makes you feel good man and you just go for it and sometimes like you know putting the most important things in front of you man is what really makes shit happen well, that's what, right was well, I'm no, sorry to say, for me that's why I love where I am right now because I for years, I worked as retail manager, and you, I'm sure you worked in retail, you know what it's like. Yeah. You have no life. So mm -hmm. basically, there's like no weekends, no holidays, somebody's always calling in sick, district manager's coming in. So now I work at a job that's 9 to 5. So I mean, I can get out at 5 o'clock, go to New Hampshire, come back, still have plenty of time to get ready for work in the morning. So this allows, this job that I have now, which I actually love, allows me to do this as well. So I can actually balance both, and I'm just having a great time doing it. Do you mind if I ask what you do during the day? I am um, financial service representative, so okay. I sell life insurance and annuities. All right. And um, right now, um, the place that I work at, I just sold over a million dollars in sales. So I became entered into the president's club. So my job, I'm doing just as well in that. Holy and then crap. The comedy, right. I'm having so I'm able to balance <laughs> both. The president's club? That's some hot shit. What is that? That's some hot shit. Exactly. What, is, what does that even mean? It's like the five-timers club at SNL. Is that what that is? No. <laughs> as soon as I find out, I'll let you know. I'm just waiting for my Marilyn Monroe to sing me happy birthday. Is that what that is? Wait a minute. Hold on. What does that even do? Like, so I'm like, you're so, so you're selling a million dollars in what again? Of annuities and life insurance. Annuities and life insurance. I bet you get insurance. like real cool perks. Like you can go, like they must have some kind of like a uh, like vacation place or something you can go hang out at or, or there's like a lounge or something. You can yeah, like, like yeah, stuff yeah. like that, right? Like you, you go know? to Dick Suck Island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to go there. That's a great <laughs> island. To <laughs> Dick Suck Island. <laughs> like, oh, you go to there. Buying a one-way ticket. Yeah. <laughs> Not coming back. <laughs> oh, God. No, that bump, what do they the... got in there? King Kong? So. Oh, 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 oh
we just high fived in real life. Yeah, that oh, was boy. so whack. Why'd you do that? <laughs> well, no. You got me on a Jurassic Park tip. So. Oh, no, because it was funny. Oh, we should. Do you want to talk about that story? What was no? it? Oh, the boy you told me last time? Oh, when I was in the bathroom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, because I sometimes. I, I'm, I'm really weird. So like so when I'm in the bathroom, like sometimes I'll like I'll sing to myself. So I was like singing like the Jurassic Park theme. But which one was it? What was I doing? I forgot. Was you were at a urinal, you Yeah, I was at a urinal. I was like dun, 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 dun. No, it was no, it was like it was, no, nah, I was like Yeah, I was like And I'm holding my dick and I'm singing the Jurassic Park theme. And I know you're picturing the moment where they first see the brachiosaurus grab yeah, exactly. And then and then I go. Now this is a long piss that I'm taking, right? So I'm done, and like right when I pull back and I go to wash my hands, one of my coworkers was there, and he just starts laughing at me. And I was just like, oh, dude, I listen, man. I didn't even know he was there. <laughs> this is what I do to entertain myself, and. I just caught and then like I was telling you about we got this thing like John's sad John Cena song oh yeah <laughs> it's like when something happens like I don't know if you ever watched Wrestling Rich not really no, no, it's just, it's just it's, we listen you to don't this. have to the last time I watched I think I saw it was at they used to have it at the, um, the gyms in the Connecticut area yeah so I saw Sergeant Slaughter Rowdy Roddy Piper um, let's see Mr. Fuji Mr. <laughs> Fuji Samoan Brothers Samoan Brothers Andre Damn. the Giant so it's been a, it's been a while okay. since I've seen wrestling you met a lot yeah. there's a lot of dead guys you mentioned yeah <laughs> Like, the first thing Rob said when I walked yeah, in here, yeah. I didn't realize how old you were. Yeah, dude, like, because you're, you're 47. Like, you said you saw, wait, who'd you say you saw alive? No, wait, but he said you saw, like. No, was talking about oh, the last Steelers. football. Last football. Last football. Game. I saw Terry Bradshaw throw the winning touchdown to Lynn Swan. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's fucking Was crazy. that a Super Bowl or something? Yeah, it was it was, Super Bowl. Yeah, it was against the Cowboys. Oh, uh, like, I had to say like, 79. Yeah, it was like Super Bowl 11 or some shit. <laughs> 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 like, Super Bowl negative 7. Dude, that's fucking no. nuts, though, because I got the. Like, oh, shit, did he get it in? I think he did it. I have a funny story about singing. I, I, I don't. I'm sure if you know from my Facebook pictures, I go to a lot of different horror movie conventions and like yeah, Chiller yeah. and Rock and Shot. And I was um, at the hotel. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning. My friends and I were partying all night, and then um, the convention was in the morning. And I was just, you know, taking a piss. Same thing. It was a long one, so I started singing, Blue Moon. <laughs> all of a sudden, didn't think anybody else was in there. I hear from the stall, I saw her standing alone. Like, ah! Oh, oh, shit. I ran out of there so quick. I've got a traumatic singing in the bathroom story that I that 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 has caused me to not ever want to sing in public uh, ever again because it happened when I was a child. I was um, molested molested <laughs> by no no no. I was I was in a public bathroom in Florida. I was probably like six years old. And when you're a little kid, you know, like you're that age, you go with your mom into like the ladies' room, right? So, so I'm in there, like, probably, like, sitting on the toilet and peeing or something. Yes, and as a kid, I sat and peed. Do you um, powder your balls, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I made sure it was all dry and perfect in there. And, you know, that humid Florida weather. Um, no, but, um, so, so I'm just, like, a little kid singing. And I was singing. I, we had just seen Beetlejuice or something. So I was singing, like... Daylight come and me want to go home or whatever. And, I, you know, day oh. And so this lady was like, oh, my goodness. And she was, of course, I'm sure, you know, amused that some little kid was singing in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And the funniest thing about it is that, like, she was complimenting me. She was like, you know, oh, that's so cute. You're such a good singer. And it traumatized me for the rest of my life. And now no matter what, you know, like talent level I might actually have in singing, I, I can't do it in front of people unless I'm really really close with someone like real close like a girlfriend or something like yeah, that, that was well let's just hope if you're doing comedy you get a compliment you'll be traumatized for life oh so. boy I'll <laughs> stop immediately was, dude, yeah was, I don't even understand why I took it that way I that just, was a sad ass story dude relax man it's gonna be <laughs> sorry, better it's sort of brought the, brought the level down a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah dude my the, bad you alright man you wanna hug man I'm no, gonna shit. You know, no. I, that just sounds like a compliment to me no that's make me scare me off hugs forever so uh, no fucking hugs no 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 I don't. I don't know, but I figured I wanted to relate to you guys. No, no, no I remember one time I was in a women's like I was in a women's dressing room. Now at the time I was like, I was probably we were living in a project, so I had to be like nine, ten years old. Now mind you, I've always had big feet, so like when people say extra age, not your shoe size, like well I am nine. So it's like so I would walk into this. I, I was looking for my mom one day. We're at it was at a Caldor. Mm. Now Caldors have, have died. Yeah, and so I was. I, was, I miss Caldor. Yeah, Caldors. That shit. was during my youth. Yeah. 
yeah, see, yeah, exactly. two guys. Yeah, yeah. See, I remember counting. So I'm walking through. I'm walking through like the dressing room, and I remember some ladies like, "Oh my god, there's a man in here." Because <laughs> she saw me. your shoes. Yeah, because my feet were so large. So I was like, I was like, I don't, "What? There's a guy. There's a man in here." And I'm like, "Who are they talking about?" I didn't realize it was me. Mm-hmm. Like ten years later, <laughs> like you know, like yeah. I was 19. I was like, "Oh, I was that man." And I eventually found my mother, and then everything. Was See, now I'm picturing this this woman like seeing your feet and then like struggling to get her sunglasses off like she's looking at a brachiosaur for the yeah, first time like, I when I worked at, I, like I said I worked in retail for a long time I used to work at Sears and the only one that had the clean bathrooms were the women's employees bathroom right. so I said I'm going to take a dump there there's no way I'm going in the public bathroom mm-hmm. so I don't know, I didn't realize the door was unlocked. This woman walks in, she's, there was two stalls in there, she starts making conversation. So how's, how about that weather? I, mm-hmm, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? Who the fuck is trying to talk to you in the bathroom? Just some random person while you're taking a shit. I don't care if you're a man or not. Yeah, it does. Ah, holy crap. Sometimes you gotta let them know, holy crap. Yeah, really. <laughs> so, so, I'm trying to take a shit here. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I would have been like, Please don't talk to me. This is weird. <laughs> really, you say holy, holy crap. No, you know what though? Okay, now enough with this shit stuff. No, the reason why I wanted Rich on the podcast is one of because we're we're going to be doing a show together at the um the Strand Theater in Seymour. Which I can't wait. It's going to be a great show. No, wait a minute. So wait a minute. How'd you get? Because we were talking about another thing too. But and <laughs> we're talking about like how how Connecticut sucks for comedy sometimes in a sense. There these these theaters they don't want to help bring up. People like like types of like comedy. They don't bring comedians like Park like Park Road does. Park Road. I mean Park Playhouse. Yeah, Playhouse on Park. Playhouse on. It used to be Park Road Playhouse or some shit okay. like that. Now it's Playhouse on Park. They actually want. They actually do. Com- they bring comics up there like yeah. every month. Okay. Some of these other venues just won't. Like Real Artways won't fuck with us. Nope. Some other places just will not bring comedians in. So how the hell did you even get the Strand Theater? Strand Theater. I belong to an improv group, the Sterling Lion Theater Company. So I do that on a weekly basis, and they our subsidiary of the Valley Arts Council who has connections in that area so he was the guy the owner of the Valley Arts Council was able to get um, the contact info for the Strand Theater so the girl who's in charge of the improv group she and I went down there and discussed what we wanted to do and we came, we negotiated a price and like alright let's do it so that's how I got into there and um, it's going to be great because it's called they um, had the girl make up the flyer it's called Compravity it's a okay. mixture of comedy improv and just whatever else is going to happen. Right, right, right. So we're going to do like, you know, if we have like Rob Santos, a couple other people, uh, local comedians. Actually, have some comedians from Massachusetts and Rhode Island as well. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the improv group, which I'm a part of, is going to come out and they're going to do things like Whose Line Is It, Whose Line Is It Anyway and different things. So um, I've, I love that um, attitude of like... That fucking toy. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry. That fucking toy. <laughs> He's having too much fun over there. But um, I, I always like to make things happen. Like if they're not, yeah. if they don't want to do it, I'll see if I can go to them and make it happen. Because I run different shows and I run different places in the area. Like um, he spoke about Playoffs and Park. I did a show there. It was mm. one of my favorite shows. I mean, the place is always packed. God you know, damn it! I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say because it sounds kind of like, and it's a good thing that. You know, you've worked in retail for years, and you've never had the free time, and now that you do, you're like, I'm going to fill it up with all the stuff I really want to do, exactly. and make it all happen. Yeah, that's yeah. It's, it's interesting, man, and the thing is, you can't, I don't give a fuck who says what, man, you can't You can't really test a man's, you can't really question a man's heart when you see him out there doing their thing. Mm-hmm. I don't care what, what level you may or may not think they're on, it's like, if you're out there doing it, and plus, not only are you doing it, but you're doing it at your, in your, in your way, so to speak, yeah, I mean, that to me is amazing. So I mean, like, but how is this compravity? So how does this thing even work out? Are they are they like the featured? Because I've never I've done I used to do improv. I've oh, really? done long form. I've done short form. I used to do um, improv over at UCB. I kind of fell off with it at UCB because I I don't know. I was just kind of like I was never like mentally there as far as what because I always felt uncomfortable because they were the, the guys were good people, but it was always very white. Oh, yep, that's improv comedy. Yeah, exactly. It's, and, it's, and the thing is, every, and it's like you, you feel uncomfortable by it a little There's bit. There's white people and Key and Peele, and that's kind of yeah. Pretty much. And yeah. the thing is, I, I probably could have done well if I would have kept up with it, but I just wanted to do more stand-up in New York instead of UCB. Yeah, well, no, for me, it's, um, I, I know her from where I work. It's, it's her niece, and she came in here to open up an account, so I became friends with her, and she started talking about, you know, she wanted to do improv, she started the company not too long ago, so I went down there, they run it every Monday in Derby, Connecticut, so mm-hmm. I started doing it, having fun with it, and so how the show's going to work is probably we'll do the comedy first, and then we'll do the improv afterwards, and any of the comedians who want to 
if you want to be a part of the improv, you're more than happy to oh, be a part of it. I'm jumping in. I'm yeah. jumping in that shit. It's going to be fun because I have no idea what we're gonna, what's going to happen. We're just going to be like, we'll get after the, after the comedy part's over. I know she was talking about like doing some kind of whose line is it anyway type thing, but there's all these, you know, improv has so many different types of games to play and uh, yeah. it's going to be fun. I'm so fucking rusty. Like, it's ridiculous how rusty I am. I haven't done improv in a, oh, in, in, in a couple years, Just probably. sharpen your tools. Have fun. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm glad you said that, because that's what you talked about, like, being at the level and doing it and grinding. <laughs> the reason I love it, because people say to me all the time, it's like, why are you always so happy? I'm having fun. And comedians, mm -hmm. some comedians are like, you're actually having fun doing this? I said, well, then why are you doing it? I just love doing it because I'm having fun. It's a release, and I enjoy doing it. And that's, I think, sometimes even being more than being funny, if people can see that from the audience, they're like, you know what, he looks like he's having a good time. They're going to have a good time. Yeah. yeah and that's so. the thing, too. You're not brooding. I mean, that's why I've always mentioned when I was talking with Bargainer about your confidence level, you know, and um, just mention it to him, like, he, and he's like, oh, man, it's like, I didn't see it that way. And I think he'd open his eyes up a little bit, too, because he was like, yeah, you know, he does have that strong level of confidence going in because you're right. It makes sense. It's like once you go in, it's like if you go into like when you go into like a grocery store or any type of um, retail establishment and then you, you try to get customer service to help you out with something. But you see that they don't really give a fuck. They, it kind of puts you in a situation where you almost don't even care because mm -hmm. the person that you're trying to get help from doesn't care. So no, that's a great attitude to have, and it took me like I—I be honest with you, man. Like a lot of it, you, there's that stigma that comedians have to be have to be angry, yeah, angry dark, people, bitter, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not. I don't think that's true. And it's funny because you mentioned the name Kenny Williams. Mm -hmm. I did a show with him probably about a year and a half ago. It was, it'll be three years for me next month, so I was probably doing it about a year and a half, two years. And he said, uh, "How long have you been doing comedy?" I said, "Well, what do you think?" And he goes, seven. I said, "What? Seven months?" He goes, "No, you've been doing it. Your confidence level and the way you are on stage, I'd say about seven years." I said, "That was probably one of the best compliments. Somebody from his level saying." Yeah, I think you've been doing it about seven years, and I've only been doing it for about a year and a half at that time, mm -hmm. just because he he liked the way I handled myself on stage and how I was, and he liked some of the jokes. So, I think the confidence has, I mean, with life too, confidence plays a big, um, is a big thing in anything you do. Right, right. Yeah, and then, yeah, I agree. It changed the game, man. It totally changed the game. Because, like you said, comedy is subjective. And I go to, I've done eight different states, and I'm actually keeping track, because when I first started, I said I want to try and get at least 100 mics in one year. Mm -hmm. Right right now I'm at 326. So I'm, oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, like, I've done eight different states 326 times, and not all of them are good, not all of them are bad. But I've had enough good ones to know. It's like, you know what? These shows will get laughs here. And, you know, yeah. I mean, I could see if I did 326 shows and not one person laughed, not one person said, you know, okay. Yeah. But, I mean... I keep getting shows and I still get you know different things going on, so I'm I'm happy where I am right now. Oh, when it's I was good. yeah, when I was in New York, I was at two fifty to three fifty a year. Yeah, yeah. Just just between mics and shows and just getting up whenever. And when I got out here, I probably got to like a hundred and something because then my mm -hmm. then things like my life started changing. But dude, I mean that's that's a, that's a great man. That's awesome, dude. I'll be honest with you, man. That's fucking. I commend you on that. Oh, thank it you. Just, it just shows your grit and determination. And the thing is. Hopefully, you know, some guys are listening to it, they can also hear that as well. They're like, oh, man, like, you respect the hustle. Because it's like, you know, most guys, will, I consider it domestic, you know. there's not, not many guys are going out there in the regional area like you are. I mean, there's a handful of guys that I know like, that are going elsewhere, obviously, like, to different regions of the country. Mm. You know, like Jerry Morgan and, and uh, Brian Bargainer, obviously. And then sometimes they go with Colin Cook and a couple other guys. Yeah. But... For the most part, I mean, some guys just sort of hang around and do the same spots over and over. And, man, it's like, you know, you putting that time and those hours and those miles on your fucking car, man. That's that's crazy, dude. Yeah, I mean, just the other day, I did a, well, we talked about this. I went drove to Portland, Maine. It took me yeah. six hours. I got caught in the Boston traffic. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, you get five minutes. Yeah. But, like, you, like Rob was saying, you, you have to eat it in the beginning. Yeah. And yeah. A lot of times, though, didn't, I don't know if it really happened this time, but I'll do a show... And somebody will say, why would you do that show? But from that show, I'll meet somebody who says, you know what, I like you, I'm going to put you on another show. And from that, it just leads to so many different open doors where mm -hmm. people say, you know what, I want you in this show. And then maybe that one wasn't a lot of time or this one didn't get me money, but the next one I'm going to have more time and more money. So you, I, I always look at it as, a, as an opportunity instead of just like, oh, I can't believe I have to go all this way. Right. I, I look forward to it. 
And again, you know, you're you're taking control of what you want to do. Yeah. You know, you, you it's again, you got the free time now, and you're getting out there, and it's it's all worth it. Like just even just to get up for five minutes, I'm sure you, you know you're, you're looking at it like, well, it was an adventure. I drove for six hours. I got to experience all that on the way. I got there. I did what I did. Maybe I'll get a connection. Maybe I won't. But whatever. And then you the the experience of driving back, everything, all that stuff. Getting these bitches, yeah. man. Just getting these bitches. Get the hose. Did you go by yourself, though? Yes. I hate that shit. That's the one thing. I don't even like riding to fucking Northampton by myself. I hate driving alone. <laughs> well, you it's, hate driving. I think, yeah, okay, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You have an Uber pick me up. <laughs> no, Uber is a shit, man. Listen, Uber yeah, That's an expensive shit. Uber to Damn. be on it. No, there's guys that take Ubers. I was telling you, to fucking Philly. Yeah. You know, like, there's guys that fucking take that shit out there, man. I would fucking, I would take a, a fucking Uber from here across the goddamn street <laughs> <laughs> like seriously I just hate driving but no I have those gigs man like like when I get out there I mean I'll just like obviously train and, and that type of shit you know getting around that way but my thing is like damn if I do road gigs how the fuck am I gonna do those probably take the train out here and use my mom's car Yeah, you know but I've been putting miles on my mom's car so you know like <laughs> you know what I mean like like she doesn't listen to me no, no she doesn't like when I drove to fucking twin to, I went to I did a gig over in um in Rhode Island at the twin river it was at this Roadhouse Live spot, man. And it was not it wasn't bad, man, but you know, that fucking hour and forty five minutes is like, yo. That's a nightmare go. for me. No, it's kinda of sad. <laughs> it's kinda of sad now I'm at the point because I've done Endicott, New York, which is another five hour drive where I'm like, oh, well, where's Endicott? Endicott's over by I wanna say um, Buffalo, New York. Oh, Syracuse. Well, holy right. shit. Yep. It's like oh. a five-hour drive. It's already winter there. Yeah, yeah. dude. It was winter for three months there. <laughs> like, <laughs> my boss didn't believe me when I told her I was caught in a blizzard in mid-August. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, where are you? I'm near Buffalo. All right, yeah, fine. Yeah, you know, we'll see you fucking Thursday or yeah, some yeah. shit. But you know what, though? The see shows, you in the spring. Yeah, right. <laughs> the thing is, I actually drove all the way down there by myself, came all the way back. I loved it. I mean, it was. they gave me 25 minutes. They gave me over $100. To me, that that was worth it. And the crowd, just the show alone, it was a sold-out show. Probably about like 200 people. Mm -hmm. They loved every second of it. I mean, so that alone made it worth the trip. To be fair, though, they were in that theater and it snowed and they got snowed in. So they they had to stay. (laughs) But but, let me have my moment. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. (laughs) But yeah, that's, I mean, I see, you know, like, I've never been up in that area. That'd be cool to go up there Yeah, I loved it. And actually, I'm looking, um, I met somebody there who can get me shows in Buffalo, so I'm probably going to be doing shows there and Syracuse. To me, it's, I, I love, like Rob was saying, a lot of comedians like to stick in this area, mm. and you see like the same people, and after, I think after a while, sometimes it gets them depressed, because like, a lot of the comedians know you're sitting there, it's like, yeah, not, yeah. not that they don't think you're funny, but they know it, and they're not even paying attention, but then you look from the stage, and it's a whole different mm-hmm. view of like, nobody's even paying attention, nobody, but when you go somewhere else, nobody knows you, it's fresh, it's brand new, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just the opposite of Rob, I actually, a lot of um, promoters ask me, do you want me to book another comedian so you can go somebody, I said, no, because... The perfect example is I took somebody to that New Hampshire show where I, I got the girl's phone number and I was making out with her after the girl who was screaming, you're hot. And all I heard, come on, we got to go. Come on, we got to go. I said, we're not going now. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I, I like being on my time, you know, like, so I didn't have right. to worry about like somebody else saying, oh, come on, it's getting late. It was like, oh, so see. that's why a lot of times I like doing, because after the show, I do like to uh, <laughs> the, the claw has been very good to me. Yeah, the claw is it, man. It's all about it. people ask me all the time, Rob, why you do comedy for the bitches? Yeah. <laughs> like I said, there's a reason why they call me the Casanova of cerebral palsy. Oh <laughs> shit! Is that what you call? You got all these fucking nicknames, oh, yeah. Jesus? Nah, because I swear to God, when I saw, I, I gotta understand. Like I've seen Rich, like I haven't really seen him perform a lot lately. So, so when I went from like not seeing him as a claw. It was just Rich Shear, Richard Shear. And then all of a sudden, I see him wearing this T-shirt. He's coming in with, um, like, he's coming with an entourage. Like, yo, what the fuck is, <laughs> the fuck happened to Richard Shear? And then I'm, I'm seeing him walk in. He's like leading this pack of people walking in. And I'm just, I forgot where the hell we were. And it was just like, yeah, you came in there like you own the fucking place. And I'm just like, get a load of this nigga. <laughs> and I'm sitting and I'm looking at him. I just started, I, I, I started laughing to myself. Not because, like, I, I thought that you were like, like, what the fuck? You know, like, you know, this guy. You know, I just started laughing to myself. I was like, man, hey, more power to him. Yeah. You know, I just thought it was very funny and ironic <laughs> how that shit worked out that way. But no, I... Yeah, it sort of developed over the last uh, two and a half, three years. It happens, man. It like happens. I said, I always, I call myself the Handicapped Hefner. The Handicapped Hefner? <laughs> See, oh, dude, he's got these fucking nicknames that, like, yeah. it doesn't stop. Like, I, I'll be honest with you, man. Like when I when I was um, performing out in the when I was in the city, I was going to American Comedy Institute out there, 
and I was t I took their year program from 2008 to 2009, and that was sort of my way into the city. Yeah. And like I didn't realize, like I noticed when a, something changed in me when I started mentioning that I was black in Puerto Rican, and then once I started mentioning that I was both sides, then that per point, that perspective, that point of view started coming in, because then I just started seeing things in the middle, mm -hmm. and then that's sort of where like my voice is kind of getting close to more and more, is just sort of being that guy in the middle, like we were talking, making fun of like you know bring on gentrification, yeah. like I want culture, but I also want gentrification too, <laughs> so yeah. it's like I don't know what I want, but then once I started talking about that it's just like that being in the middle of all that that's where like it really felt comfortable for me you know and so you sort of calling yourself the handicap Hefner yeah. and you know the claw and all that just sort of gave you an opportunity to really embrace who you are and, and allowed you to sort of let that sing out to everybody you know and that's for me it's like this tremendous when people can find that that way of just sort of expression you know yeah I mean it's, it's crazy and you know what I love about it too is because I was telling you earlier when I first started People would say, I want to laugh, but I feel bad. Like they're laughing at the poor handicapped boy. Now it's actually gotten to the point where I've done a complete 180, where I've had people after show, you know what, can I talk to you? I run this place called Disabilities Beyond, or I run a special Olympics. Can you come and talk to them? Because I think that you would be a huge inspiration to them. And one time I was doing a show in Brooklyn, New York, and I saw a kid in a wheelchair, and I, I was making a joke, and I said, yeah, we'll I have cerebral palsy. I hear him go, yes, as he puts his arm up. Like <laughs> so I, I talked to him later. We became Facebook yeah. friends, and about a month or two later, he says, do you mind if I call you? I said, yeah, no problem. He goes, I just want to say, ever since I met you, I've been doing comedy like four or five times a week. You're a huge inspiration to me. Thank you for you know showing me that I, I can do it. You know, Something like, without even me doing it, I'm just, because I've always had this confidence. Like it's just, I've been in radio before, done public access TV. I just always love entertaining, and um, mm. but like without even thinking, realizing that I'm affecting other people in positive mm. ways, which I think to me is even sounds it's better to me than even saying like Rich, you're hilarious, which I love hearing mm -hmm. if somebody says that. But you know, somebody said, you know what, I, you're a huge inspiration to me. That got me to want to do this. That got me to so knowing that I can get up there and do you know whatever I want to do. Mm -hmm. So, See, I mean, that's tremendous, man. I know the same feeling when people talk to people who are mixed, you know, mixed races, man. I, yeah. I think what you're doing is tremendous, and it's not, and it's for a community. So I think right now, now, not only do we have Wichita, Kansas, um, we're also going to have... Um, Portland, Maine. Uh, yeah, Portland, Maine. And the uh, uh, Ask, ask, ask Cat, uh, <laughs> New York City. What, what is yeah, it? And the Cotton. And the Cotton. I'm talking about, like, getting... Now we're going to get... Now, now, hopefully, the people that you speak to and talk with, man, hopefully when you promote this, you know, they listen to our podcast, they get an opportunity to, like, hear you, and not only... Well, we're also bringing a different type of audience. You know, sure. The handicap audience, you know, if you will. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what to call well, them, because they're not upset yet. They're not... Because <laughs> <laughs> when are they going to be pissed off? It's going to happen soon, right? I mean, they don't like being called retarded anymore. No, so it's like that's I not even them. Like speaking of that, but that's actually the technical term for it. Like, well, if you re have, retard yeah. is to stunt the growth or to stop the growth. Yeah. If you really want to get technical, that's what they should be called. Yeah, I, I find it. I would rather be called that than handy capable. Well, handy capable. Yeah. That. Well, what does that exactly mean? I mean, it's exactly. like it's sort of like saying you can do things, just not everything. That's yeah, sort of exactly. what it sounds or at a like slow pace or something, yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. See, now, Rich, you, what, your story reminds me of of Stan Lee's story of uh, when he wanted to publish the Daredevil comic originally. Okay. What happened was he brought the idea to his editors, and they were saying basically like, "Oh, but we can't do this because you know, real actual blind people are gonna are gonna like well, they're not gonna see it." But. Sorry, I think that's your closer right there. <laughs> they're they're gonna they're gonna hear about it or whatever, and uh, and and they're gonna be upset because they're gonna be like, well, this is a blind guy who can do all these amazing things, and you know get get through life without like any assistance or anything like that. And it's gonna make them upset or sad or whatever. And but they went ahead and they published it anyway. And what happened was it was the the reaction was just the opposite. People were were uh, writing in saying like you know this is an inspiration. Thank you for showing that like blind people ha you know are just as capable as anyone else. They just yeah. do things differently. That's all it is. They got a lot of, a lot of feedback like that. So and you know to to this day I think Daredevil's still an inspiration. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, kicking ass on fucking Netflix now. Hell yeah, yeah that, that, that shows yeah. the bomb. But you never know, man. Like when I first started mentioning that I was black and Spanish, and then I just started talking to different people about it, and like people always saying like yeah I got a I got a cousin who's this or I got a sister who's that. Dad or my nephew or my grandson or or you know my my father was this and then, and people coming out to the shows even I had guys who were like going to be fucking like town officials 
Mm -hmm. last night saying, hey, I'm darker than you. Look at this, man. Look at this, nigger. (laughs) That's what it felt like. I was was going to say, I tell you that all the time, minus the N-word. Yeah, you know, but but he was a good guy. The guy who was John. This dude, John and Tony, they're actually up in Stafford Springs. They're going to be doing some uh, some some um, really good work out there in, in, in the nice town of Stafford Springs. Yeah. And but the thing is, you just you never know, man. It's, you can build that connection with people. So for me, like I try to make my shit as broad as possible. Yeah. You know, I try to I want to go a little dirtier, or not not a little dirtier, but I kind of want to go a little deeper with some uh, some topics and stuff like that. But on the surface, man, I like the whole concept of just being able to connect with people. I think that's the biggest uh, thing because yeah. I know I've done I. You and I talked about contests. I did one contest and I did make it to, um, it was like on different teams. It was called the, I forgot, it was similar to what The Voice is, but it was for comedians. Yeah. And one of the, one of the things that everybody said about me is they said my likability factor was off the charts. They loved yeah. the fact how I was on stage and I wasn't like talking down to people. I wasn't just like, oh, feeling sorry for myself. I actually talk about how much I love having cerebral palsy, how good it's been to me. And they're <laughs> like, You're, I love how you are on stage and this and that. So, um, I think, um, I call it the power of not giving a shit. Yeah. <laughs> if you just get up there and do what you think is funny and stay you know, true to yourself, and no, you eventually said word, people will be with you. But see, you almost said, the word almost came out, committed. Yes. You stay committed to what you do, man. That, 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 that to me is, is by far the most, is the biggest thing in the world. Like I, like, I think about my commitment to my daughter. Like, my thing is, like, leaving her behind, like, I, like, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's probably going to be the toughest thing that I've ever had to do in my life. And because yeah. the commitment that I have to, towards yeah. her. So I feel like a, a large part of me yeah. as a human being is being a father. Yeah. And so I don't want to say it's going to be stricken, but it's going to be like on a lighter version of it, you know? Yeah. And so, because of my commitment to her and like so I think of myself as a father a dad all that shit but I think about the commitment I have about doing this stuff as well and just going up there and people will see that I mean that's the thing Jeff like I mean if you've ever considered trying to do anything man it's when people see your commitment it's like like I said with that book Think and Grow Rich man most of it I've been reading about it lately it's just the power of the mind and how strong it is and how how, how you can overcome so much just by thinking it and then eventually you feel it and you become it you know, has this entire <laughs> podcast that we've been doing for these 20, 39, 30 episodes now just been an intervention for me to try to try and get oh, me to try something? That's why they brought me in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. a huge inspiration. So yeah. Yeah, I'm inspired. I, you know what? If I can do it, then you can do it, Jeff. Come on. <laughs> yeah, like, just, like the oh, name of this goodness. podcast should be Jeff, comma, quit being a bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? But, it just, but the reason why I say that is not because like an intervention of something of some sort for you but like I mean maybe it kind of feels like it but I maybe no, we're I'm, all maybe we're all learning something from each other I feel like it's been because lately we've gotten deep with our uh, with our podcast yeah we've been know? getting real sad yeah man. you know and people's like the funny go listen to, if you want to hear some funny shit go listen to the first five to ten yeah. you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean but yeah. this, you know Talking like, you know what honestly though yeah. <laughs> I have listened to your podcast and I actually like the last five because I like the fact it was just real I was talking about real issues what's going on today and what's going on in your life and in Jeff's life and I actually found that interesting instead of somebody just doing nonstop jokes for an hour. Yeah. Which is funny for some things, but I also just like the realness and the genuine. Of, so I actually prefer well, the last five. Oh, much. I appreciate you, man. No, it means a lot, man. It really, really does. And that's why, I mean, for you, for us to bring you on, I think it was tremendous because I wasn't sure what to expect. You know, I really wasn't because when we don't get that many guests like that, you know? We get, we do, yeah, we get our friends. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You not know? that you're not a friend, but <laughs> of course. You know, because like when I brought Dave on with Dave Sheehan, everyone loved Dave. And then all yeah. of a sudden, like, I got Joanna wanting to do it and you want to do it. And, yeah. then I got, and then the thing is, I really kind of sucks that I'm leaving Connecticut in a sense because I would love to bring more people onto the couch, bring people into Rob's studios, you know, because for us, like, Hartford, like, every, like I always say in every episode, like Amy mentioned, yeah. it's it's become more of a character than anything else, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, no, like, yeah. Rob's studios has definitely become the show. Yeah, right. you know it's what like I mean? The train in the background, <laughs> yeah, no, Brooklyn singing, I don't know what she's doing. Yeah, it's, 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 like if, it's like if Toontown was trying to kill you. <laughs> what? It's like if Toontown was trying to kill you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> instead of just, you know, like, cartoons, they're Puerto Ricans, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, and I think the people. Want need a rabbit? Yeah, you know what I mean. It's funny because I really believe that the Puerto Rican people are starting to hear us now, and I think, I think they're looking at me funny. Like, you know, like, 
you know, but nah, man. How can it, they hear you over the uh, the loud RC cars and know, the freaking chainsaws? You know, and last, the hell else is going these on? guys upstairs last oh. night were fucking, I don't know what, they've been doing Koro for like two days, and Koro is basically like a get-together in Spanish. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they're not, they're black people, so it's yeah, just yeah. really weird. And, um, but no, man, it's, but you're right, I'm glad you said that, man, because we try to bring a certain sense of realism into our podcast. And like we always mention, like damn, I, I brought her that fucking Miles doll. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was twenty five fucking dollars, man. That's huge. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah, and like she'll probably play with it all day today, yeah. and then forget about it tomorrow, and then I buy the next fucking thing, you know. It's little kids. Oh yep. man, no, dude. Like I appreciate. It. Like I'm glad. I'm glad that you got on, man, because we got an opportunity to, for people to really listen to your hustle, man. Because I don't think you people have ever gotten the chance to really understand, like the hard work you put in man and I, I commend you on it man look I have a lot of respect for a lot of comedians out here and there's a couple guys that I don't fucking like you know there's some yeah. dudes that if I haven't seen them in person it's a fucking problem yeah. but even then I'll probably still try to keep it cool but even then though man it's like it, like you said the optimal thing man like you're one of the few guys that I know that comes out and has a really good sense of class about themselves you know what I mean and you figure you feel comfortable with yourself you enjoy yourself and you like you said you embrace being having cerebral palsy I which it. I think is an amazing fucking amazing thing to even say so. what about, well I have like cerebral palsy on the right side my left side is fine one of my yeah. jokes is like yeah I want to get an operation to fix my hand no I don't want to fix the right hand I want to make the left hand like the right <laughs> yeah. this hand is comedy gold people oh, yeah. Yeah. comedy gold and I've seen him do that joke and, it's, and, it's, and he's nailed it and, have, and the thing is it's all about finding that niche that people yeah. will because the thing is I look at it like this you may who knows if we will all be able to be mainstream in anything that yeah. we do but I mean if you can get a certain level of following where people can understand you and like you like when people come up to me and tell me man I missed this show I would love to be a part of it you know like I got like last night when I did that show over in Stafford Springs I had to like there's people like I've noticed like, I, like this is the weird thing so it was me Kenny and um and 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 um and 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 Mike and uh, Phil, they were all there. Like, I mean, Phil's older than I am, but Mike and Kenny are younger than I. And I've noticed that the young white girls were going up to them, but the older white women were coming up to me. <laughs> so, because I do this bit about wanting to have sex with older white women for the after sex sandwich. Yeah, they would care. Yeah, but it said there was a woman in the audience, and it fucking made it even better. Nice. So, and the cool thing about it was, it's like I got these older white women coming up to me while they're saying with these uh, attractive younger women. And I'm like, well, I guess that's how shit runs. Yeah. Why know who likes me? And it's the truth. Drunk married women. They. I, I'll give you one story as an example. One time I was I was doing a show. It was a benefit in the New London area, and it was packed show. It sold out like well, Blumenthal was there, and it was a big thing. Oh nice. And um, so afterwards, I'm sitting at the table, and this girl, she was married, and her boyfriend, or her husband was like right next. To, he say she was on this side, he was on the other, and she was like, I want to see what that claw can do. And so I thought, she goes, I want, nasty. I want those. <laughs> she was like this. Oh, show it to me right now. She's over there trying to kiss me. I said, You're gonna get me killed. Your husband is right there. I don't care. I want it. Like, so I this happened. This happened more. I've actually had a girl come up on stage. No, no lies. She was gorgeous, and her boyfriend was huge. And he was in the military, and all the comedians were making jokes. She gets on the stage. I'm like, "What is going on?" Then she's over there trying to make out with me. Oh, I just start saying, "God bless America." I'm like singing the national anthem. "God bless America." I thought for sure I was dead, but like, yeah. So I don't know. Just those are the ones that love. I don't know what they see when they get a little couple of beers in them, but they're, they're seeing something nice. And how did the guys react? Oh, hold on a second. I um, got. I got to visit. Give me one second. Go ahead. The, yeah, it depends. Like, um, one had no idea what was going on. The other one was just as drunk as she was, and he just started laughing. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's good. And it was good that he was the one that laughed because yeah. he could have killed me. I mean, he was huge. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I just, I think like what Rob says, like, like people say, oh, you got to be more generic so, you know, you can get everybody like you. I really don't want everybody like me. Like I said, I'd rather have, you know... Yeah. I'd rather have like a small rabbit following than a large group of people saying, you know what, yeah, he was funny, but yeah, I don't know. Even... I mean, if you look in the past, I'm just using TV shows as an example. What always is re remembered the most? Shows that are uh, unorthodox, like All in the Family, The Jeffersons, and even Seinfeld's unorthodox. Shows that you're like, yeah, they're good. Those are like the ones that still use the same formula. And I think with comedians, the same thing. I mean, I'm not sure what your favorite comedians are. Uh, yeah, I don't know, probably, like, right now, probably, I think the funniest person living on this planet, just naturally funny, is probably Paul F. Tompkins, but I okay. like, I like Patton Oswalt, everybody loves Chappelle, of course, Yeah, Louis C.K., everybody loves him, like, you know, but you going? I follow a lot of the L.A. comedy scene lately, that's, that's kind of, like, where I'm at, so, 
But yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you, I mean, it's, but it's the comedians. You, what do you like about the comedians that are your favorites? Um, it gets hard. To, it's really hard to pin down. I mean, I, I just like them. They're all white. <laughs> Dave Chappelle, white as they come. Um, Probably is the whitest one you mentioned. Him, right? No, I just, I just I like them to be smart, and I, I, I mean, I always say to Rob, like the, the key to comedy is is you're you're telling something to to people that they already know. They just don't exactly know they know it, or exactly, you know, like they 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 don't they never exactly put it into the words that you are putting it into. They make so. you look at it a different way. Yeah, so yeah. Like, oh wait, you never thought of it like that. Yeah, and the, my favorite that. comedian of all time, I mean, I, like, right now, I don't know if he's my favorite, but he's one. He's up there as David Tell. I think he's hilarious. He's but great, yeah. I love um, George Carlin. I of think course, that, yeah. I mean, that guy from the Hitty Dippy Weatherman in the 70s all the way up until, like, um, It's Bad For You in 2008, he, was, he stayed relevant for 40 yes. to 50 years, and no one can ever say that. And somebody made a great point. If you take all his bits and had somebody on stage read them straight... Mm-hmm. They can actually be a great commentary. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't even be a joke. It's just if somebody read the but it's the way he does it, the way right. he performs it, he mm-hmm. makes it funny, he makes so many great points. And the reason I'm saying all this is like I like the fact that like the people that wanted who try to make it the most and try to become as generic as possible, those are the ones that people forget about. It's the ones that just stay committed to who they are, what they think is funny. Like I see comedians at open mics and one they do a joke for the first time, and they're like, Oh, I'm never doing that again. I didn't get a reaction. It's like, no, oh, yeah. you think it's funny. Yeah. Flush it out. Just keep doing it and doing yeah, it. Right. I mean, after like a, you know six months and it's still not working, maybe you should try something different. But don't give up on it. Something right. Something right away. If yeah. you think it's you'll funny, you'll find just, an audience. You'll find, yeah. yeah, and that's what I've done. I've found like I have a pretty good following wherever I go. Like I'll give you an example. I went to Comedy Connection, Rhode Island. I walked back there. There was all the comedians on that were on the thing. Oh my gosh, the rock star! You're everywhere. Like you know, they I didn't even know what half these people were, but they saw me all over Facebook. They saw different shows I've done. And so it's just the. It's just like you said, grinding, going all over the place, just networking, and it seems to be where I'm. Like I said, for three years, I'm happy where I am. Yeah, cool. And, Keep making progress, cause yeah. actually, and it's funny too, cause we're actually gonna wrap it up a little bit because uh, uh, it's it's three thirty now. Well, let me see. I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah we just a make few clean. minutes. Few yeah, let's make it clean. Make it clean. No, no. Listen, Rich, man, I really appreciate you coming out, man. It really, really <clears> means a lot. Um, yes, yeah, so that definitely, that definitely, this is great talk, man. I really, I really enjoyed. Um, get an idea of where you are and what you're doing, man, yeah. and just sort of in in a way, in some really odd ways, like basically telling Jeff to stay, you know, step the fuck yeah. up. <laughs> I did it as nicely as I could, yeah, right? you know, because Rich, we met for the first time right now, so yeah. this has been very, very fun and and fantastic, and, and and honestly inspiring. So hopefully, you know, hopefully I'll get the the courage, and maybe Rob will take me to an open mic before he walks out of my life forever. Yeah, being a fucking bitch. <laughs> Well, you know what? If, if Pete's gone, I'll take you to an open mic. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, it's like it's called Jeff. Quit being a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be our podcast Can you when s- Rob leaves. Yeah. Jeff, quit yeah. being a bitch. Yeah, right. <laughs> set up, set up a go get that Seymour Theater again, and we'll set up a Jeff. Stop being a bitch. Oh, dude, man, that was gonna be fun, man. So, like, I, so, so November fourteenth, everybody, Strand Theater. Uh, we're gonna do what is it? Compravity? Is that what it is? It's called Compravity. It's a mixture of comedy, improv, and everything else in between. Looking forward to it. What, anything else you got to plug before you go? Um, November 7th, I'm doing a show at the Angry Chair in Newington. It's a small oh, venue. And I guess it's on you know the turnpike, it yeah. yeah. it's on the turnpike. What happened was um, the bass player from Megadeth, Dave Ellison, was there doing a spoken word. And I'm using my GPS to get there. When I pulled in the parking lot, I said, are you sure this is the place? Yeah. I walked in there. The guy that owns it is the best. His name is Dave. He has like a sound system, lights, smoke, I mean, everything. It was so, so a great... Um, little venue mm-hmm. so I said you know what this would be did you ever try comedy here this would be perfect he goes let's do it so it's going to be the first comedy show they have there I have um, eight different comedians some from Connecticut Massachusetts and Rhode Island so that I'd like um, that'd be another one I'd like to plug wow Cool. Yeah. yeah, man. I got a couple. I'm being Yonkers, New York, on myself on the 27th of October. Um, I got a couple of things coming up in, no- in November as well, but I always forget the dates. You know how I am. I'm fucking awful with this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man. So we're looking, definitely looking forward to it, man. And, and like I said, man, I really appreciate you coming on here. Yeah, thanks and, for having me. Oh, for yes, sure, we man. Appreciate it. And, and, and you guys know, as always, let's get these hoes, baby. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs>